This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 442 of the Dressage Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products and Total Saddle Fit. Tonight we are returning to a discussion about the national finals with Heidi Bassler, and we have a great talk about horse purchasing with regular guest Hilary Moore Hebert, and of course we're bringing you a great trainer tip. Koffler Stanfield from Georgetown, Kentucky. And this is Philip Parks from Rockwood, Ontario, and you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show with our special guest who is never on our show anymore, Glenn. <laughs> Hi, guys. Hi, Glenn. We missed you. I do miss you, too. You know, I can't say that about watching Dressage, but hanging out with you guys <laughs> is much more fun. We make, we make Dressage fun. You do. You make Dressage fun, and I'm so glad to be here. And it's it, Thanksgiving was just, and we're looking forward to Radiothon. There's so much cool stuff this time of year. It is. It's so much going on. I hope, yes, this show will actually come out after Thanksgiving, but um, we're recording a little bit we're before. We're recording early. Yeah, yeah we're, there's because... stuff going on. Yeah, we usually record Thursday night, and obviously Glenn and I will be busy. Phil will be having a normal night in Canada, but your Thanksgiving has <laughs> oh, already He'll have happened. a drink for us, I'm sure. He will have a drink uh, for us. I'll have so. a drink for you, and one, one for every every listener of the show. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone enjoying Thanksgiving. So, Glenn, what are you guys doing? Are, are you just really busy working at Radiothon, or will you have a little time for Thanksgiving? Uh, we'll take a little time off. My brother lives near here, so we'll be uh, heading a mile down the road and spending a part of Thanksgiving with him. They have horses, too, so... So that's fun. We always uh, play with their horses a little bit and sometimes go out riding. We sometimes take Scooter and Nigel out and go for a ride drive on Thanksgiving. Actually, I don't get to do that a whole lot of other time. But then the rest of the weekend is spending, you know, a thousand hours getting ready for 12 hours live on Monday. We'll talk about that a little later because the listeners can win $4,000 in prizes. That's crazy. That's crazy. Well, we'll tell everybody that our hour is at 11 a.m. We're doing yes. a little bit of a morning thing because um, somebody I'm heading to, to Australia in the afternoon. Yeah. Somebody's <laughs> leaving for Australia. I know, Phil. You go, you go on the coolest vacations. I I'm uh, always jealous when Phil – I'm like, where are you going this year? So Australia, Phil, that's going to be so amazing. Well, I'm going to be visiting my friend uh, who lives in Australia who, you, who I went to high school with. And who does horses and oh, cool. uh, a little bit of teaching. And yeah, so I'm really excited about that. And then the rest of the time, we're going to be touring around visiting. We're going to see some of the Great Barrier Reef, I think, and then shoot down to Melbourne. And yeah, we got a whole big, long itinerary. Two weeks in Australia doesn't seem like enough. Maybe. Maybe I won't come back until it's warm in Canada again. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be June. I know. At least call in on Thursday night. I don't... Isn't <laughs> Australia, Australia on everybody's bucket list, though? Oh, I mean, it's on mine. Yeah. I'm so jealous. Yeah, I'm jealous, too. All right, yeah, Phil, you, we hate you. Now you can go. We do hate yeah, you a little, bit. <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. But, uh, we'll, I was we'll really glad to hear lot. you have one friend, though. That made Reese and I very happy. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Well, he is too. Oh. I, well, Travis and I. This uh, is there you go. You guys are friends. We're, we are friends, so we're good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. Well, I am excited. Um, 
this year. Uh, usually my sister and I do try to go on a hack. It's usually always been tradition. We go on a hack. I, I don't know if we're, well, I, I'll probably go by myself, but uh, my sister, uh, you know, has little children. So sometimes it, it doesn't happen, but uh, I'm really looking forward to my brother is coming with his girls. Um, so we're going to have a really fun holiday. And I love Thanksgiving is my all time favorite holiday. Because um, you just get to hang out and eat and drink all day, and it's just great. So uh, we're we're sharing the cooking duties this year, and uh, I don't know. I we haven't talked about it, but maybe I'll do a recipe on the radiothon. Hey, um, that'd be good. We haven't had a yes. Denise recipe in forever. Yeah, that's Arisa, how I started. I yeah, yeah that, I don't know if many people know that, but I actually I don't. I don't know, Glenn, I think you were interviewing me and I just didn't know it, but you asked me uh, because one of the things I like to do is cook. And so early on when I would come on the Horse Radio Network, way before before the Dressage Radio Show, I would come on and do recipes with Reese. And um, yes, we we would love that. Definitely plan on doing that. Okay. I I will probably do a recipe for us of what I'll make for, uh, I typically do dessert on Thanksgiving. So, uh, and uh, so I I think we'll do that. So I'm looking forward to that. So I've got some cooking to do, some pumpkin pies to make uh, tomorrow and looking forward to all that. Well, we are really excited uh, to introduce Heidi Basler. She's a good friend of both Philip and I, and Heidi and I did Young Riders together, so we go way back. She does a lot of stories. But I hope you enjoy her interview um, about her trip to the U.S. National Finals here in Kentucky. Well, tonight we are so happy to have Heidi Basler, USDF bronze, silver, and gold medalist uh, on the show. Heidi, welcome. Hey, thank you, Reese. Great to be here. We're super happy. You, it was such a fun week last week. You joined us here at Maple Crest for the week with your wonderful stallion, Lamode. And we wanted to just hear about your experience here in Kentucky. Yeah, well, we had a super time. Um, yeah, you're right. We came up last Sunday. So we came up early um, from Florida, uh, decided to come a few days early so we could recover from the drive uh, before national started on Wednesday and, and you were nice enough to give us a place to stay for a few days at your great farm in Lexington. Um, yeah. So, you know, we, we had a good time coming up. We made it through the weather. I almost don't want to talk about it too much, but uh, <laughs> it, it was a bit of a shock from what we are used to um, down in Florida um, but yeah, brought all our winter clothes and blankets and, um, yeah, it, it, it was good. It was, it was a cold. There were times <laughs> when it was 22 degrees that it was very, very cold. Uh, but you arrived, it was 80, you know, it was in, in, so our, we yeah. weren't any more used to it than anyone else. Uh, it was really cold, but tell us a little bit about your stallion. He is such an awesome horse and he was the perfect <laughs> house guest. So tell us a little bit about Lamode. He was. He was a good boy. Um, so he is 18. Um, he is a Rhinelander stallion imported from Germany. Um, let's see. I have been with him riding and training him since he was about six years old. So we have quite a history um, starting when he was, you know, first, second level up through FEI. Um, and incredible temperament, personality. Um, you know, real easy to just to take just about anywhere um, and settles right in and um, all around good guy. Um, his uh, he's a, a uh, uh, Heidi, he's a breeding stallion, correct? I mean, he's done breeding, he, so he's done yeah, collections, yep. the whole thing. 
Oh, yeah. Yep. So he has quite a few full crops. Um, He was imported by Solomon Farm, which is in South Dakota. And so he, yeah, he has done the breeding. And um, the last couple of years, we've been focusing a bit more on competition and training and developing him a little more. Um, But he is going to be going back and and standing at stud again this spring. Um, And, you know, really kind of all around great athlete. So um, some of your older like Holsteiner jumper lines, that L line, um, and then crossed his dam as a a tracaner. So um, you get a good mix and um, like a real good size. He has some uh, some offspring crossed with, with some pony mares that are some really nice German riding ponies as well. Um, yeah, I have, a, I have a great time with him. Um, very willing, super temperament. Um, yeah, and hard, hard to believe he's uh, 18 this year and still going strong. So uh, which, which class did you qualify him for? What was, what was your qualifying season like? And uh, how did it all come together at the finals there? So we qualified at the fourth level freestyle open. We were the region three champions in October in Wellington. Um, and I've competed him, uh, this past season, we were doing fourth level in pre-St. George. Um, I have done a bit of I one in the past, but kind of with his age was looking for something really easy kind of way to really showcase him. Um, and that, you know, fourth level freestyle fit in quite well with that. So he had never done a freestyle before. I haven't done one, um, probably eight or nine years since, um, you know, thinking back young rider days, even <laughs> doing the, the freestyles. So, um, I wanted to get back into it. And, um, so decided to go with fourth level. I worked with, uh, Beth Hall, uh, with music And, uh, so I got my music from her, um, and it's kind of a like Spanish guitar flamenco. Um, I thought it really just fit Lamode's personality. So that was our music and, and we worked on the choreography throughout the year. And then, you know, really being in Florida, did uh, some winter shows to get our scores and then didn't get a show much this, for the summer, had the hurricane come through in September. So missed out on that practice show. So, um, yeah, had a break break from the show ring and then loaded him up in October and headed down to Wellington for regionals. And he just, he was right there and on it and ready to go, which is, you know, another fun thing about him. He, he really, um, I think he enjoys the, the shows and being there and showing off a little bit. So it was a good season for us. Yeah. So I was actually there at the show and watched your, your warm up freestyle. And uh, I just had a question because I didn't, I haven't talked to you since. So I just wanted to know you had a little bob, a little spook in that in that freestyle. He was looking at a camera person. <laughs> yes. How yes. did it work out? How did it work out for for the finals? Did we talked about some strategy, changing the freestyle slightly, or you know what was going on there? We did. Yeah, I'm glad I had a chance. This is another reason that I wanted to get to Lexington early was so I could do the Thursday warm up class and actually get into the All Tech Arena. Um, let him see the see everything there, kind of a bit of the atmosphere being indoors. And um, yeah, he was he was up and um, had a lot of energy coming in. And then in that class did have a 
quite a big spook. Um, we were heading just straight into the camera was down at sea, kind of offset from the judge. And, and I was finishing a half pass, getting ready to come into the corner. And um, yeah, he was pretty sure it, it was going to eat him there. So there was <laughs> a good spook. <laughs> um, yeah. And we did talk through some strategies. Kind of the, the nice thing about freestyles is um, you know, I could, I could adjust choreography a little bit and kind of think through, um, did, did I want to do the, the half pass back into that corner? Could I get myself to the rail earlier? Um, could I even kind of do a, a diagonal differently in the walk before that and kind of mirror the whole choreography to put me into the opposite corner? So thought through a few of those things. He did not have any spooks in our actual championship ride on Sunday, which was good. And I think I did. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to think I did actually also on Sunday, I fit in an extra line of Tempe's. So yeah, I was actually going to the opposite corner to kind of make sure I wasn't going to have those same, same issues from Thursday. Um, but there, there's a lot to look at in there. Kind of again, I, I'm lucky. I, I had an 18 year old, and he was looking around. So um, <laughs> would have been pretty, pretty interesting with a youngster in there. I love it. So now, what's Lamode's next plan? What's what's happening this winter? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, kind of thinking through it. Um, he's he's going strong. He loves to come out and really train every day. Um, we also enjoy getting out of the arena. We do a lot of riding in the fields. Um, you know, I think we'll go back to probably I one, maybe even look at I two, see if we can, if I can get just as Piaf Passage developed a little bit more. Um, I actually like to take this probably the same music and um, change the choreography and turn it into an I one freestyle, so we can continue doing that in the shows because I I had a lot of fun with that too. Um, and kind of see where it takes him. You know, I always just, he'll be 19 in the spring. So I, I keep an eye on, on him and what he's telling me. And, and so far he's, he's happy to, to keep going. And um, so, yeah, we'll see where he can go next year. I love it. I love it. Well, Heidi, we can't thank you enough for coming on and telling us about your experience here at the U.S. Finals. Uh, so we look forward to uh, seeing you in Florida. And um, how can our listeners find you online if they have any questions about Lamode as a breeding stallion? Yeah, definitely. Um, I have my website, which is baslerdressage.com. That's B-A-S-L-E-R. Um, also could check out solomonfarm.com for a little bit more information on him and some of his offspring. Um, and that's probably the easiest, all my contact information, information, um, you know, phone, email is all there. So yeah, that'd be great. Fantastic. Thanks, Heidi. Thank you. The sun is just peeking above the tree line as you walk into the barn. You grab your horse's halter off the hook and head out to the field. The dew shimmers in the sun as you walk across the damp grass. You call his name and his head comes up as he walks toward you looking for the apple in your pocket. You take your time grooming, enjoying the peace and quiet in the empty barn. A refreshing breeze greets you as you start down the tree-lined path. Your horse ambles along on a loose rein as you both enjoy a relaxing ride. 
The feeling you get on an early morning hack is why we do what we do at Kentucky Performance Products. This feeling is brought to you by Microphase. Fill the nutritional gaps in your horse's diet. Microphase vitamin and mineral supplement is a low-calorie way to provide your horse with the vitamins and minerals missing from their diet. The horse that matters to you matters to us. Well, tonight we are so excited to have Hillary Moore Hebert on. Hillary, we've missed you. I know it's been, I know. So happy Thanksgiving because this is our Thanksgiving Day week show. So we hope you guys uh, are having a good one. What are you going to do for Thanksgiving? I am going away from the barn and celebrating with my husband's family up in Rhode Island. He's a good New Englander, just like I am. Oh, okay. oh that'd be cool. so fun. Very nice. I like it. I like it. Yes, away from the barn is always a good thing for some holiday action. Love it. And plus, you have that adorable baby, and they're so yeah. cute on holidays. Mm-mm-mm. I love it. Yeah, I have a shirt that's like a tuxedo for him he can wear, so it looks like a tuxedo, but it's just a t-shirt. Oh, <laughs> that is so cool. Uh, I love it. He's going to be ready. Well, he's dressed party. up like he's formal, but it, the t-shirt yes. says he still likes to party. <laughs> <laughs> Phil, do you have I a t-shirt that, like, like that? A, I want like a whole show outfit like that where it's just a t-shirt, but it looks like a show coat. Oh, it looks like a jacket (laughs) and everything. We could could make a lot of money. This is our million dollar idea, kids. I love (laughs) it. Well, Hillary, we have a great topic today. We are going to talk about horse shopping. We get a ton of, uh, we're actually pulling some listener questions and everybody has questions on horse shopping. Uh, So we'll let you get it, get get the party started. What what, what are we, what are we talking about? So I, this is a perfect topic. I was glad that this came up because I actually have been quite busy this fall. I have um, a few horses that have come in where now that my son is old enough and I can kind of get back into the swing of things. I recently, this um, past year, put down the last horse that I bought for myself, who I bought in 2006. So I have been like working, teaching, ferret away money. So everyone was surprised. They're like, oh my gosh, you suddenly seem to have bought all these horses, but it's been years in the making. So I have a few different things um, coming in. One was a resale horse. One is a personal competition horse. And then I have two youngsters. And I thought it would be interesting to talk about the differences because it was a very different process for all of them. The first I want to talk about is the youngsters, because I think that that's the most basic and correct me if I'm wrong with you guys, but, um, you know, horses where you either do an in utero contract or buy a horse that is very young, I, I feel that it's pretty typical to not do a pre-purchase exam. Um, and you have like a health exam, but it wouldn't be to the extent of a mature competition horse where you're doing a lot of you know, x-rays and all that stuff. So, um, you know, mostly it's following the bloodline, seeing what you like with their temperament, knowing things about their parents, um, you know, and that was pretty much the, even though it is easier said than done, that was pretty much the process for buying my, um, my two young horses who are just actually getting weaned this week. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think you're right. I mean, I think, you know, obviously there's, there's health exams and, 
pre-purchases, you can always, I think, you can do as much as you want. Um, and I think that's where your good vet team and someone you really trust, not necessarily someone that's going to run up the score and do a ton of x-rays or whatever. That's in this, this whole process. I think having a veterinarian that is really on your team is important. Um, I have had issues overseas with, um, especially if you cannot be there with the vetting. Um, I've had issues, um, where the vets, they'll just do every shot and they'll do it. And even if they see something wrong, and typically, if you're using your own veterinarians, they will stop and discuss it with you. So I would say myself, if I do a pre-purchase overseas next time, I'm going to be there or I'm going to be very, very clear that if the vets see something that they don't <laughs> like, cheaper please, because it's cheaper. Yeah, that, yeah. Go through the whole gambit. Yeah, go through the whole sure. gambit. Yeah. And then there's a there's a really big problem where, you know, yeah. uh, my vets would have stopped in America and they just keep going. So I think yeah. that that's something I, that is a word of caution that has happened to me a couple of times in Europe. Huh. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. Yeah. Good. Love it. Yeah. Phil, for the babies that, yeah, you don't do too much. I mean, you can't do flexion tests. You, I mean, you're going to listen, look at the eyes, listen to the heart. And maybe, I know, um, maybe you would do a couple of Hawk x-rays or something. Um, with the warm bloods, you're now looking at a lot of um, horses, a high percentage of the horses with uh, OCD lesions. So, um, again, with the really young ones, it's hard to do any x-rays because they're not going to stand there too long or whatever. So, um you know, you can usually feel pretty confident about not having any x-rays. Again, it depends on the purchase price and the vet's recommendations. But um, you can usually get away with, uh, with not spending a whole lot of money on, on your uh, pre-purchase exam with a, with a full. And in utero, you can't do anything at all. So yeah. <laughs> there you go. That's, you get a bit of a break there. <laughs> yeah. In, to, except for you're biting your nail. So one of my guys I bought in utero because I really liked the broodmare. I'd ridden uh, one of her offspring and really liked him. Um, I was very comfortable with what I had heard about with both bloodlines. Um, but I was really nervous <laughs> because, yeah. yeah, you can't do a pre-purchase. So you're, I didn't even know if I was getting, a, you know, a boy or a girl, you know, so to speak, um, coming out. So it, it was like less information than when my own son was born. Yeah, <laughs> true. That's very true. So what was the process on your next one? <clears throat> so I'm going to actually just describe both of them together to, to explain the difference. One of them is a horse that I bought for myself. He has a competition record to what I was looking to do myself with him. Um, so the vets kept talking a lot about you know, um, sort of the assumption that he is able to work at that level. So you have some horses, if they have some arthritic changes or, you know, blah, 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 that they said, well, you know, if this horse has been showing that he's sound and working, there's obviously some exclusions where it's going to be degenerative, but you have some horses that maybe have some arthritis and it shows up as a huge problem and others, it, it's, you know, very manageable and you can look at the price for the horse. And so it's really, I think, a lot more. I brought a lot more vets in. I bought my trainer's vet in. And then we have a lameness specialist as well as my vet at the barn. I really talked a lot to them for this horse to just make sure that they were comfortable with everything. Versus the other horse that I bought, who is a resale, it was like a no-go. This horse had to have perfect x-rays. 
where maybe some, you know, slight things could show up, but um, not that either of these horses did, but, you know, I would be less okay with things with the resale horse because I know that those are x-rays that I'm passing on to the next buyer. And I want to make it that it's a perk for them that I have recent x-rays. Um, but also it's really hard to resell horses that don't pass a pre-purchase. And if you have a horse that certain things, you know, will be a deal breaker. Um, you know, that for me was very important. So I did a lot a lot with that horse. You know, I like to do navicular shots, um, pasterns, hawks, maybe stifle depending on how they flex and, you know, really trying to get in there versus another horse. It may be that I, if it's for my own horse and it's been working really well, I am still going to be looking, but I'm, I'm just going to be a little bit less concerned, but you know, that's how I personally feel about it. Um, the rest of it in terms of the wellness exam, flexing them I still have an expectation that they are really at a maximum like one one plus out of five for lameness and flexion and then just checking the other things like their eyes and heart and breathing and stuff like that yeah and I think you know going into a pre-purchase you know again this is where it's important to speak with your trainer speak with your veterinarian you know see the know the horse's record but also know I mean every time a vetting happens I always tell my students or even myself, something's going to come up today. There is going to be something that no horse is perfect, no human's perfect. And I think it's super important to think that way so that you're in a mental state that you can handle that, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. And and what is your level of tolerance? You know, if, it, if we're purchasing a Grand Prix horse and that Grand Prix horse has been doing the job for many, many years and, and that's what you want them to do, you know, um, versus something else, you know, it just depends. It depends on your level of comfort and sort of what you're looking for and what you're doing and, and how well suited the horse is and, you know, has it been managed? Do you know the people or is it just coming from overseas? So you don't know that horse at all. So I think it really depends on a lot of things. What do you think, Phil? For me, um, x-rays is only, uh, you know, people put a lot of weight into x-rays, but it's only a part of the picture, you know, and and another part of the picture is how much are you spending on this horse, yeah. right? So you can't buy a, a very reasonably priced horse with perfect x-rays, you know, so you have to have the idea like has, you know, like you said, Risa, you know, has the horse been doing the job? You know, does he have a show record for the you know entire three years coming up into this pre-purchase, and then the pre-purchase there's uh, arthritic change or you know something comes up, and then you have to say, well, the horse is fine, you know, like mm-hmm. just because you know an, an X-ray is not a, a, a stop point for me for when something comes up. It's just a li- you know it's a piece of the picture. Again, on a resale project because people are so picky about x-rays these days and you have to understand that that the technology that takes the x-rays now is much better and with digital x-rays there's an interpretation of uh, the technology that that looks at the x-ray like uh, how it produces the x-ray there's some techno- technological problems going on now too i'm no expert i mean i'm i'm married to a vet so that helps but um, you know you're going to see a lot more on an x-ray now than you would 15 years ago, mm-hmm. just the way that x-ray is made. So, you know, and then it, it can be very problematic to, to make decisions based only on 
now if there's something big right and that's why you have to consult with a veterinarian like you know um is this a big thing is this a small thing you know um did the horse flex fine or is the were the flexions a problem you know so there's an entire picture that goes into a uh, a pre-purchase exam um, along with, you know, and then along with, you know, the money that you're spending and the job that you want this horse to do. Now, if it's a young horse, you can be a little bit more discerning about your, your x-rays, you know, four, five, six years old. But later on in life, 10, 11, 12 plus, you're going to find a lot more going on with, with, uh, with joints and, and, yep. uh, and, and things that come up on the x-rays, even if the horse has been trained and and shown a lot and you know what probably more so if the horse is a grand prix horse because there's a lot more strain going on so there are going to be things that that happen in a pre-purchase so i i you know i don't come come in with an expectation that the horse has to be perfect or i'm not going to buy it or the horse has to be perfect or i'm going to offer the people half as much money or something silly like that so again it's you know it's it's very hard to be an expert in interpreting all this information. That's why you have to work with a, a really good vet and somebody, somebody that you know. You know, I think that's really, really and important. I think, so. You know, I think a really good vet, and also for myself, I before I started shopping for my competition horse, I said, okay, what is my threshold where I need to start getting a, a, an expert? So. Um, the person that I'm working with, Shannon Duex, she came in and I said, you know, this is above my comfort level to make rational decisions because it is on the higher end of how much money I'm spending. It's a horse that's a little bit unlike what I have been buying for clients. And I want someone to also be there so I can say, like, if I have a horse come up that I just fall in love with and the vets are telling me X, Y, and Z, I want to have someone there to like talk me off the ledge mm-hmm. and tell me like, you're making a bad choice right now or saying, you know, just what you're doing is okay. And they can't be the be all end all answer. Neither can the vets. But I think the more people that you trust that you can have involved in the process, I found that, you know, in the past from an outside perspective, as a trainer who I have been working on a um, commission base, uh, like to help them with sales um, or buying every one of my clients who's paid me to represent them as, you know, a buyer or seller agent has said, I really found that the, the, the commission was worthwhile because you can help with negotiating things. You can help look over the sale contract. You can make sure that people aren't getting talked into weird stuff. Um, and so, yeah, I think at the end of the day, you don't need it for every single purchase, but think ahead of time when that's important to have that, that third party helping you. Oh, I think that that's so important. You know, some, so many people, you know, so many people are intimidated by commissions. And I think it's really important that when you're working with someone that the commissions are very clearly outlined what you're going to pay, who's responsible for what. That can be done in a very simple contract, and pretty much every agent will have that. Um, but remember, if, if you take sort of our, our hourly rate typically and what it costs to buy a horse, uh, your trainer is not making any money. And that is like yeah. if you really took every conversation you had about that horse, time travel, all of those things um, – it's not a money maker, right? You're, it is, it's just like a real estate agent in a house. They represent you. 
Our job is to look after our clients. And if you have someone that's not doing that, that's a different story. But you also, when you take your trainer and they're getting commission, theoretically, they are invested in your partnership. And it's much easier to have someone invested in your partnership than, you know, we've all had you know, clients that bought horses and then want our, then want our help. And if something goes badly with that horse, you are very, you are less likely to be super helpful. If that makes sense. than if you purchase that Mm -hmm. horse, like if I purchase a horse with somebody, I'm invested in that partnership because they've paid me and I've helped them choose that horse. So I'm going to be very, it's not that I'm not helpful in any other case, but you know, you said to your trainer, Hey, I want your help. I'm listening to you. Um, And so that's what the commission is for. And, you know, that should be very clearly lined out. It should be a fair price determined before the transaction in writing. Um, So uh, what do you think, Phil? I mean, we, all three of us will go buy horses for people. I personally love it because it's horses and shopping together. (laughs) And I'm very good at those things. I'm very good at that. So I love horse shopping. (laughs) I don't like selling as much, but, um, yeah, it's a whole nother topic, but um, I do enjoy buying horses because I think it's a little bit of a matchmaking and puzzle and, and I like it, but it, it, it does take a certain skill and it's difficult and that's why you pay your, your person. So what do you think, Phil? I don't like it, but I, I don't <laughs> love it. Because you don't, don't like it. It's really hard. It's really hard. It's and very again, hard. I live yeah, in an I area agree. that is not hugely populated by a, a big number of horses, so... Mm-hmm. Um, what I don't like is that people misrepresent horses to get you out to see it. And it's, then it's just a big waste of time. I don't like, I, I don't like a lot of things about it. I, I don't, you know, it's a big responsibility when somebody is spending their hard earned money and then, you know, I'm responsible for making that, ma- you know, making that match, um, and making it work. I don't like negotiating about money because it's, it's not a topic I love. You know, there's a lot of things I really don't like about it. But I do say, you know, that when I go and look at a horse, I'm I'm going to make sure I'm not going to guess. I'm going to make sure that that's the right horse for the person. That you know, that's my thing. And so I try and work really hard at it and try and use all of my expertise and knowledge about uh, you know in buying horses to try and get the right one. And um, and then of course, yeah, I'm invested. If you know, if I if I'm the trainer with that person, I'm invested in taking that par- partnership and making it successful. So I think that's. That's why I'm like a little extra picky or really. Yeah, you feel the you know, pressure. You want to be. Yeah, there's pressure. Sure. There's a lot sure. of pressure. Yeah. I want to sure. do a good job. So, yeah, I think it's just a really, can be a really difficult process. And I think people like buyers get frustrated when it's like, well, why didn't you like that horse, Phil? Like, what's, what was wrong with that horse, Phil? It's just, just yeah. believe me, that wasn't the right horse. Yeah. You know, mm, you yeah. just got to try, you know, yeah. you just got to trust me. <laughs> and then, you know, the the commission aspect of it and how it works in horse dealings is i i really don't like that at all like you know who's paying the money you know how you know how many hands do you have to grease to to buy that horse in the end you know who who's earning what and so i try and really like reset really lay that out straightforward so that i know and so um so that i can understand everybody's role in in you know in this horse's life and in its training and, and everything. So yeah, it's just, you know, if you're going out to buy a horse, be willing to spend a year and a half to a, two years kind yeah. of to get the right one. That's, I, that's it. Right. And, mm-hmm. um, it's not easy. And have some fail. 
Yeah. Yeah. And have some fail. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. Don't get emotionally invested before it's in your barn and it's your horse. Because yeah. people, I really love that this is going to be the perfect horse. And, blah, blah, blah. and it's, yeah, wait on the yeah. pre-purchase. You know, you you wait on a few things before it's in your barn, and and then then you're free to love the horse all you want. But yeah, just, exactly. So, yeah, <laughs> it's so true. I think the the one thing that was missed that we've been kind of circling around that I want to point out is that I have a, a farm lawyer who helps with like liability releases, blah blah blah. I pay her every time to look over the sale contract and I pay her to I've paid her in the past to write up a sale contract for me that's pretty aggressively in my favor and then you know if other people are fine with it you know whatever or I'm also fine to look at a sale contract from someone else and then just have her check to make sure that it's fair but it has saved me in the past I'm not going to talk about the specific situation in too much detail, but I had a horse that was very misrepresented. Um, the seller made it in a situation where <clears throat> she couldn't take the horse back. Um, and I was really, you know, out a lot of money and also a horse. Um, and when all was said and done, the only thing that saved me was that sale contract. And so um, the reason that I was able to recoup all of the, the money that I had lost from that was because of that sale contract. And had I not had the stuff built into it, saying that like they were disclosing all medical, that this horse was this age and on and on and on, um, you know, that's what covered me because you want to have that backup. You know, not unfortunately, not everyone in this industry, as with all industries, you know, a lot of people are just looking to try to make money or they realize they're, you know, stuck with a lemon and they're trying to just pass it off to somebody else. So always make sure to protect yourself because I've never felt as though the big problem in horse shopping is that people are disclosing too much. I think mostly what I find out is that you hear about all the stuff that people aren't disclosing, um, you know, after the fact. And that's why having that's there and your trainer involved. And in my case, I feel like having a lawyer involved is very helpful because, you know, even if you're buying a horse for $5,000, $10,000, that's still a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. Absolutely. No, I think that's so smart. Well, Hillary, as always, thank you so much for coming on and talking about all the things, all the things. So how can our listeners find you online? So they can go, it's my maiden name, M-O-O-R-E. They can go to moredressage.com. And if anyone has questions about horse shopping, you know, they don't have to be local to me. I'm always happy to go through stuff with people because I want to make sure that they're feeling like they have the best answers. So if anyone has any questions about the process, feel free to just email me and my contact is on the website there. Awesome. Thanks so much, Hillary. We look forward to next month. Okay, great. Happy Thanksgiving. You too. Thanks. This week's dressage training tip is brought to you by Total Saddle Fit, home of the shoulder relief girth at totalsaddlefit.com. Well, Glenn, you have our tip of the week this week. What do we what do we have on our total saddle fit tip of the week? Well, the tip is how to win four thousand dollars of stuff, and okay, you I'm can listening. you can do that on Monday. Everybody can participate and play along with this. This is how you do it. 
you turn on the Holiday Radiothon at some point during the day and give us a call. So go, go to HolidayRadiothon.com. We're going to have 10 phone lines open the entire 12 hours from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. We're giving away prizes every hour that total to over $4,000. And the way you win is just by calling us. Just call. They'll take your name and your contact information. If you want to be on the air with us and maybe wish us a Merry Christmas or Happy Holidays or whatever, chat with us for a little bit, you we, you certainly can do that. We'll be taking call. We took 200 calls last year. So let me tell you the odds here. You're going to be one in about 300 people that have a chance to win. And let me tell you, that's better than the lottery. A lot better than the lottery. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, a lot better. So, all you have to do is call us. The phone number is right on the website at holidayradiothon.com. You can listen live there. You can listen live on the Horse Radio Network app. There's a live button. Just search for Horse Radio Network in the App Store, and you can listen to the show live there. Reese and Philip are going to be on at 11 o'clock a.m. Eastern Time. And also, we're having somebody that you've heard a couple times in this show as our headliner to open the day at 9.15, and that's Stacey Westfall, who is a good friend of Reese's, who's recently, you know, a superstar, megastar in the horse world. And you guys got to spend a lot of time with her recently. She's taken dressage lessons, but she yeah. talked, we have already in, uh, actually interviewed her, and she talked a lot about growing up and what, what Christmases were like. She was super, she is so nice. She's lovely. Oh. She's just a lovely person. She's awesome. And we're st- I, I'm gonna I'm gonna listen because she's so nice. And she's we're starting a day with her, and then her husband comes on in the horse husband hour in the eleventh hour. So cool. we get both ends of the Westfalls uh, at, at beginning and end of day. But we're giving away Cavallo boots every hour on the hour. We're giving away oh. a horse lovers. $50 gift certificate for horselovers.com every hour on the hour. Um, in your hour, we're giving away a, a dressage performance pack by Kentucky Performance Products, one jar of joint armor, one jar of Elevate maintenance powder, uh, three tubes of trouble-free calming paste. It's a $175 value. Also, the girth you guys love that we talk about here on the show every single week, the Total Saddle Fit Shoulder Relief Girth, you can win one of those in that hour worth 150 bucks, And then the Horse Lover's Gift Certificate. That's just what we're giving away in your hour, and we're doing that every hour all day long. There's that's a fun so cool. one that's going to happen in the 12 o'clock hour. Stud Muffins is giving away, you know, Stud Muffins, the horse treat. Oh, yeah. Yeah, everybody I'll knock you down for a Stud Muffin. Let How me about six 90-ounce bags, a six-month supply of Stud Muffins worth $225? So cool. Uh, so, yeah, and you can give away those as gifts, right? Um, and then all day long, we're going to be giving away during the Western hour at 5 o'clock a total saddle fit shoulder relief cinch worth $150. So we're going to give away total saddle fit cinch. And then the grand prizes at the end of the day, Weatherbeta is giving away a prize pack worth 500 bucks. It's a detach-a-neck medium uh, blanket. It's their combo fleece cooler, a parka for your dog, and the deluxe travel boots, uh, you know, the shipping boots. Uh, that's a $500 value. And then Wintech is coming in. You know the Wintech Isabel saddle? Isabel worth saddle? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. You can yeah. win one of those. You get to your choice. If you win this, you get your choice of any Wintech saddle on their site. And they have some of them up to $1,300. So you can just win a saddle right there that day. All you have to do is call us at some point during the day and you're entered into all the drawings for the rest of the day. If you're a dressage fan, call during the 11 o'clock hour and you can talk to Reese and Phillip. 
So that's that's even cooler. That'll be fun. Yeah. We would love okay. it. We yep. would love I it. Like, that would like be so tip. fun. Uh, I like all the winning. Yeah, so that's my tip. And I so basically <laughs> I have the most valuable tip monetarily that you've ever yes. done. Yep. Yep. Yes, for sure. <laughs> no, we'd love it. And we hope we have all our listeners come onto our show. We really want to break the internet. That would be really during our show. And you broke the internet already, Glenn, but we really want to yeah, break it. Yeah, we broke it, it last show, year so. during the show, during the Radiothon, if you remember yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we're going to try and be better this year <laughs> and have everything working. Um, but yeah, it's a lot of fun. And we have 20 hosts. So we have about 20 different guests. And of course, voicemails. You know, the listeners last year sent in songs and poems and all kinds of voicemails. We have a hundred of them to play all day long this year. That's so so cool. it's going to be a riot. And I'm so glad you guys get to do it again. And I'm so glad Philip delayed his vacation for us. <laughs> yeah, I, I chose a later, a later, um, a later flight just, just so I can get I it on in the did, morning. I think you did, didn't you, though? Yeah, of course yeah. I did. Yeah, I knew, I knew that. Yep. And we appreciate <laughs> it. <laughs> I do too, because it would have been weird. I mean, I can handle it on my own, Phil, but I prefer to handle it with you. So that would be great. And, and so. Reese is going to be doing recipes, and we're all going to be talking food yes. too. Yeah. Yes, we're going to do food. recipes with Reese, Our which is old thing. school. Yeah. yeah, that is old school. Uh, that is, Reese that talking is food, Philip talking alcohol. Yeah. It seems, re- <laughs> exactly. it seems, it seems appropriate. Be great. <laughs> well, we're really looking forward to it. And we hope everybody had a fantastic Thanksgiving, as always. Um, you can find our show notes and links to today's guests on our website, dressageradio.com. Like us on Facebook, just search Dressage Radio Show. Follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. My website is maplecrestfarmky.com, and my email is reese at horseradionetwork.com. The best way to find me is on Facebook, or my email is philip at horseradionetwork.com. I'd like to thank our sponsors this week for allowing us to put on a show, and don't forget to check out all the other shows on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. Everybody, keep your heels down and your shoulders back, and we look forward to talking with you uh, during Radiothon next week. Monday, the 27th. Monday, 11 o'clock. HolidayRadiothon.com.